Chestnuts roasting on an open fire Jack Frost nipping at your nose Why? Yuletide carols being sung by a choir And folks dressed up like Eskimos Everybody knows a turkey and some mistletoe Welcome to episode 63 of the Send the Edge podcast. I'm Justice Mosqueda. You can find me on Twitter at J-U-M-O-S-Q. I'm here with my co-host, Charles McDonald. You can find him at 4Vert. Soon the people, Chuck. What's up? Merry Christmas, guys. And uh, it's an especially uh, special, an especially special Christmas episode as our savior has been born. Jimmy Garoppolo has been balling out for the 49ers. Uh, so I think that's a good place to start. We're going to start with our week. Was it 16 picks? 16. For yeah, sure, 16. 16. Yeah, good God. I mean, and just, we were just talking about it before we got on. This is an awful, awful <laughs> slate of games. I mean, on, on a scale of like, like what's been watchable this season, it's a good thing this is on Christmas Eve because these matchups are absolutely brutal. But I mean, we can just dive right in so we can get to uh, the mailbag questions we have from last week uh, answered. Uh, the first game is the Indianapolis Colts at the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are 13.5-point home favorite. Uh, you're staying away. I'm teasing this down to Baltimore. Uh, excuse me. Jesus Christ. I'm dying. Uh, Baltimore. Wow, on Christmas. Yeah. So <laughs> Baltimore minus 7.5 uh, with the Minnesota game, uh, which we're going to talk about next. But I just think I, I was tempted to take this at 13.5 straight up, but that's a lot of points, and the Ravens' offense is is pretty poor. But I, you know their defense is good, and their special teams is good. And we just look at—I uh, don't remember where I saw it—but the Colts are on pace to give up sacks at a historic rate. And for like our sack percentage value numbers, the Ravens are in the top five for sack percentage value. So I, I think that this could get ugly, especially if Baltimore's defense shows up. So thirteen and a half is a lot, but I'm going to tease it down to seven and a half. You have anything? Any words about this this game? Uh, if you want to see Jacoby Brissett flailing, because he's basically going to have to do everything against the top. Like, it, it's not going to look too different from the Deshaun Kaiser going up against the Baltimore Ravens games. Um, not not aesthetically pleasing is what I would say. Yeah, the Ravens are they're, uh, they're second on defense and adjusting net yards per attempt value, and the Colts are 28th. So, Godspeed, Jacoby. It's going to be a long game. Uh, the next game is... The Minnesota Vikings at the Green Bay Packers. The Vikings are a nine-point row favorite. We're teasing this down to uh, Minnesota, favored by three points on the road. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about this game? Uh, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing. I don't care about <laughs> this football team anymore. Uh, I do I do think it's weird. So there was a couple of things that happened in that game. Uh, the Cam Newton just, just fucking swaggering out against – Clay Matthews, where he's just basically calling his bluff and is like, yeah, you think there's a wheel route? I'm going to throw this fucking Texas route to Christian McCaffrey, who's literally awesome. caught like every, every red zone touch, every red zone reception that Carolina has ever thrown for a touchdown, like wide open touchdown. And the wheel route was also open on that play. I know a lot of people were like, well, Clay Matthews was yelling at the DBs that, you know, they needed to cover the wheel route. Well, like if fucking Christian McCaffrey ran that wheel route, it would have been wide open anyway. Um <laughs> 
the, the Packers are in, in fact bad. They had five turnovers against the Carolina Panthers. I think they allowed 29 first downs, which I think uh, teams that allowed 29 first downs this year are 0-12, straight up. So, uh, yeah, fuck it. Just send this team off blazing. Like, put them in, the Viking funerals are things that happen, right? Like, you just set it, the boat on fire, just put it out to sea. Yeah. I want that to happen with Dom Capers. <laughs> it's that it's that or in the honor of christmas like public crucifixion i'll settle for either one yeah i don't i still don't know how he's he's managed to keep that job just like in the league right now Long, like, longest tenured defensive coordinator in the nfl it just doesn't make any sense <laughs> that's like the dumbest thing i've so, ever heard <laughs> <laughs> um so uh, let's talk about this real quick since minnesota is like one of the very few like legitimately good teams in the nfl um one what in terms of like getting out of the NFC, like wh- where do you have them standing? And then two, what would you do with a quarterback position? Like in 2018, when they have three guys, uh, basically coming off of contracts. I can't. I mean, Sam Bradford, he doesn't exist anymore. His, his knees are dead. Uh, I mean, it sucks. Cause, well, because I, I think Sam, he looked like he was starting to figure it out a little bit, like the past two seasons. But yeah, I'm I'm done with that experience. But but I I guess you got you got to tag Case Keenum, right? Like, there's no way you can let him walk after this season. That's fucking amazing because not two years ago we made fun of Jeff Fisher for putting a first round tender on, on him and trotting Case Keenum around like he was going to be their starter when everyone knew that there was no way Case Keenum was going to be their starting quarterback. And maybe, now we're uh, living in a world where he's like, oh, going to be a fran- he's going to be franchise tag. Maybe Jeff Fisher should just be a GM and not coach because uh, maybe he doesn't have an awful eye for talent. He just doesn't know what to do with it once he gets it. Dude, they said I can't. Do you remember what teams it was? It was the Colts, the Browns, maybe it was the Bengals too. Where they were saying, you know, the NFL is like legitimately looking at like as a coaching candidate, Jeff Fisher. When Jeff Fisher might have three different quarterbacks win a playoff game, and Nick Foles, uh, Case Keenum, and Jared Goff this year in the same in the same conference. <laughs> like that's that, that's amazing. Like failing that bad. Uh, yeah, but since he's a, fam- a familiar name, he's gonna get uh, he's he's gonna get the looks. I mean, I, it would be so Browns of them to to fire Hugh Jackson for Jeff Fisher. I mean, it, it'd be an upgrade, I guess, because it's hard to do worse than what what is he at one in twenty nine now? I believe so. Yeah, yeah one in twenty nine because there's two games left in the season, so it'd be an upgrade, but it it'd still be hilarious, like just peak Browns. But uh, that's enough on on that game uh so we're both on the vikings there next game is the detroit lions at the cincinnati Bengals. the the lions are four point road favorite you're on the lions i'm on the Bengals. i just kind of like the i like the Bengals this week just because i think the i think the Bengals and the lions are fairly even teams i so i'm just gonna take a home Ooh, dog. blasphemous that's blasphemous the I, I still think that the lions are like better than like the panthers like, I really still do feel like when the Lions need to score, that offense completely changes and they're a- able to basically get points at will. Um, I really have nothing much more than that. The, the Bengals have been awful for a while. And uh, I was looking back. So this is one thing that I was doing probably in the last week when we didn't have a podcast. was I was looking at what we had as like the, uh, the win total over-unders and like who we picked to regress and progress uh, this season, like last summer. And, buddy, did we nail the, the uh, Cincinnati Bengals who are projected to have a winning record. Like, we nailed every single flaw on that team. Yeah. I mean, they stink. But I don't know. I don't think the Lions are that good either. And just, like, looking at the, the update stuff, like, they're 
Their their defense was fluky. I remember their defense was like super interception heavy. Who the Lions? Yeah, at the beginning of the year. Oh yeah, at the beginning of the year when they were like fourth, and I was like, this is not sustainable. Yeah, at they all. they were. Uh, I mean, for a while they were like in the top three of our adjusting the yards per attempt value, but now they're they're at seventeenth with uh, minus thirty five point sixty nine. Nice, but uh, they, I, I I just look at these teams and see pretty similar stuff. So if I can get a home dog here, then I'm I'm just gonna take that. I mean, it's it's. It's not like this is an enticing matchup to watch, or I mean, I don't think it has any real playoff implications. Given that Detroit, has, no, they, I mean they don't. I don't, I don't Detroit's not going to make it just because Atlanta has a tiebreaker over them and they have a better record than them right now. So, uh, yep. yeah, I'm going to take Cincinnati. You're going to take Detroit. Next game is <laughs> the Los Angeles Rams versus the eight and six Tennessee Titans. The Rams are a seven point home favorite over a playoff team, and we are both taking the Rams. Now the Titans, like their eight and six record, might be. It might be one of the most fraudulent things I've seen, in a sport in recent memory. Like it's right up there with Nick Foles' twenty-seven touchdown, two pick year. Uh, this is an awful team, and we saw that last week when they went over to, they went down to San Francisco and they lost, and they lost to, uh, who they lose to the week before that. That was just a really bad loss for them. Uh, I don't remember exactly, but. They they're not a good team. Uh, like the only thing that they do well is run defense. They and, lost to the Cardinals. Right, they lost to the Cardinals. <laughs> they scored seven points on the fucking Cardinals. Defense. Right, and, and that's a game where they sacked uh, Blaine Gabbert eight times for like fifty yards. So, yeah, they, that, they, that Arizona Cardinals game that was the game where the game ended on uh, Marcus Mariota throwing. It was on fourth and nine, throwing an eight yard route to Dory Jackson, a cornerback. That's right. Rookie, That's right. Who also never never practiced that play before. Like, right. They, they call we, it on we've the been fly. Jo- yeah, we we've been joking about how Dory Jackson is like their go to big play guy, and like they actually went to him on like fourth and whatever it was, fourth and nine, with the game on the line, basically playoffs on the line almost. Like th- these teams are what is it? Buffalo, Baltimore, and Tennessee are really coming down to the wire, and two of them are going to get in. But just the contrast, the styles, because the thing about the Rams is the Rams aren't. If you look at like success rate and things like that, if you were looking at something like seven yard plays, I would bet that the Rams probably aren't ranking super high in terms of how often they're getting like seven yard plays. The thing is they get big plays like at a higher clip than anyone in the league right now. And comparing that to the Tennessee Titans who legit have no big play threat and who only go to Derrick Henry in the fourth quarter and on third down, like literally they're like most crucial downs. And just feed Demarco Murray for whatever reason. Like the the contrast the contrast of play is like gonna be amazing and frustrate the hell out of Titans fans. Yeah, like Titans fans are gonna be like every single Titans fan that has been in my mentions. Basically, like they're aware that they are not good and they really do not want to. Like they're they don't they're kind of indifferent on making the playoffs because they know they're not gonna do anything. But they want Mike Malarkey out, so it's like they're like half rooting for their team not to make the playoffs. So yeah, it doesn't stick around. I just don't know if I trust the Titans to fire Mike Malarkey. Josh McDaniels is right there. Go get him. Go get him, John yeah. Robinson. And just, just like back to your point about the Rams, uh, in terms of like how they they get big plays at a higher clip than anyone in the league. So in terms of point for play value, they uh, they're first in the league uh, with 134.4 points. Uh, I guess like uh, better than the average team on a per play basis, and then the Eagles are second, and they're 30 points behind them. So. Like they're considerably the best in the league when it comes when it comes to that. So this is a this is a pretty fun offense, and I I 
really do expect them to beat the hell out of this this Titans team. I don't think Wade Phillips is going to have any issues <laughs> slowing down Mike Mullerfee's offense. So, uh, no. the next game is the Miami Dolphins at the Kansas City Chiefs. The Chiefs, another double-digit line. Uh, the Chiefs are an 11-point home favorite. We are both on the Chiefs. And it was so weird because I think the Dolphins, like, they just kind of got up for that Patriots game because it was a big game on Monday night, and they kind of had a chance to, I guess, keep his season alive, even though they're not – they're still mathematically not eliminated yet. But uh, then we kind of saw the true colors last week as they got blown out versus uh, the Bills, I want to say it was. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think the the Chiefs are clearly the better team here. They should they should light them up on offense and uh, – yeah, I don't really know what else there is to say about this. The Dolphins stink, and they don't deserve any more of our attention. So you you hate the Chiefs, and you were actively rooting against the Chiefs for a while, just because you don't want to see Alex. I'm Smith tired of Alex Smith in the playoffs, man. <laughs> which is fine, which is whatever. But I want to say that, like, if you go back and look at, like, when the so that when the Chiefs lost, right, they went on a stretch where they lost uh, by six to Oakland or to uh, to Pittsburgh. In Oakland, they lost by a point. They for sure got the crap beaten out of them by Dallas. Then they lost in overtime against the Giants. They lost by six to the Bills. And they lost by seven to the Jets when they scored 31 points. Against the Bills, they also held the Bills to just 16 points. They held the Giants to 12 points in overtime. So it was like a weird – basically, like the Chiefs stretch in the middle of the season was kind of like the Chargers stretch at the beginning of the year. Where you're like, you're losing close games at an unsustainable rate. This isn't – like your record isn't reflecting who you actually are. Their defense would show up for certain games, and then their offense would show up for other games, but now they're kind of, like, putting it together at the same time. I really do think, like, how much better... So, in the playoffs, right? Against Jacksonville, New England, and who's the other team? Pittsburgh. How big of of favorites are you making those other teams over the Chiefs? Like, are you making them more than three-point favorites over the Chiefs? Like, at at home? Well, okay, we'll make them at home. Are are they more than touchdown favorite against the Chiefs at home? Uh, Patriots probably, yeah. But I think that's the only team. Same, I agree. Yeah, I think I think the Chiefs can kind of, especially if they get if they end up getting that three seed for whatever reason, or if they get the I guess you could get the four seed and the Titans could still be the five seed. Um, if they get to play the Titans, right, or even you know Baltimore doesn't have an offense right now. They got every once in a while, Joe Flacco. Will, come out of that damn cave but um i really do think that like alex smith is like literally probably gonna be like three plays away from making the super bowl this postseason which is crazy to say yeah i'm not buying that defense at all so uh if they if they learn to not drop justin houston in coverage on every crucial third down they might they might be able to figure it out all right. Uh, well, the next game is the tampa bay buccaneers at the carolina panthers the panthers are a 10 point uh, home favorite, you are taking the Buccaneers to cover uh, that 10-point spread. I'm just going to stay away from this game. Why are you on the Bucs? The Bucs are so weird because like they suck, but they're like low-key competitive. Like If you look at just like all their numbers on a, I mean, not not their defensive numbers because their defense is... I was going to say, I was like, like their, their, their defense like, their, is their, their offensive numbers, like they're 14th in just net yards per attempt value, 16th in sack percentage value, 15th in attack for loss percentage value. 26 in yards per rush value, uh, 22nd in points per play value, 13th in yards per play value, and fourth in uh, fir- fourth in first down percentage values. Like I don't, I don't understand this team, but it looks like I, I just don't trust their defense to get it done. And, and Cam, ever since Cam uh, 
where the Panthers traded Kelvin Benjamin. Cam, just his passing numbers, he's thrown 11 touchdowns to one interception. So, I don't know. He's kind of playing well right now. That that Panthers team is kind of rolling. But why, why are you picking him to cover the spread? Uh, so, you're saying Cam is rolling, and he has been. But if you look at – go – if you – I think the Packers allowed – Carolina's receivers to grab like 30 yards or something last game so as long as Cam isn't like able to go to the tight end and running back well every single play and just like gain chunk plays every single time like he did against the Panthers uh Tampa should should match up with them better on the defensive end um other than that 10 points that's just a lot of fucking points I don't like I think legitimately like I don't know if Carolina is better than Dallas or Seattle or Atlanta or even Detroit like they really they might be like the tenth best team in the NFC, in my opinion, from like a point spread perspective. Um, yeah. Well, I'm just um, I know well, I'm looking at uh, Football Outsiders, and they have like DVOA DVOA rankings for how teams match up against certain types of receivers. And the Buccaneers, they're twentieth in the league versus tight ends, and they're twenty third in the league versus running backs. So I don't know. This could be a big another. Big what, what are the What are the Packers? Go look up the Packers right the now. The Packers. The Packers are 19th first tight ends and 28th mm. running backs. Wow, that's shocking. Dom Capers, you're a fucking moron for not adjusting at halftime. <laughs> you, you buffoon. I hope they, like I said, public public crucifixion take his toupee off. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Well, I just, they're 28th first first running backs in the backfield. <laughs> how many how many targets did Christian McCaffrey have in that game? Oh, uh, I assume, dude, it was more Greg Olson, like. They would just run these guys. Like, Carolina hasn't been able – I guess they've been able to run the ball, but they haven't really been able to run the ball with McCaffrey. I'll look up the stats right now. It's fucking disgusting. <laughs> Greg Olson had 12 targets. Christian McCaffrey had uh, I, seven. I didn't know that Greg Olson was, like, playing football. Neither did I. But I, like, I, I thought he was going to be I thought he was still. Week. I thought he was still hurt. And then he, like, came back, and I was like – as soon oh, as I saw God, Greg dude. Olson, I was like, this is, this is trouble. Yeah, so Greg Olson, he converted <laughs> – so Greg Golson had 12 targets. He converted that into nine catches, 116 yards, and a touchdown. Christian McCaffrey had seven targets. He converted that into six catches, 73 yards, <laughs> and a touchdown. And then uh, Demir Bird, he had four targets. He converted that into three. He caught two of them for scores. Yeah, three touch, three three catches, 25 yards, and two touchdowns. And the Packers, against number three receivers, they're actually 11th in the league, so I don't know what's going on there. But, uh, yeah, I, I just – the Bucks defense sucks, but at, at, you're, at the same time, you're right. That's a lot of points. Uh, Ten points is a lot of points for the uh, a Carolina team that I feel like we don't know if they're good or not. I don't think they're good. I don't think they. I don't think that they can make it through the gauntlet of the NFC. I yeah. don't think I'm confident in that at all. Like you couldn't convince me to put down whatever odds you want for Super Bowl money for Carolina. It'd just be burning it away. Yeah, you just. But the thing, the thing is, like, it's like with with all these teams. Uh, that are in the playoff hunt right now, there's like a caveat, like if, like if Matt Ryan and Cam Newton play well, like how shocked would you be? To, how shocked would you be to see them like make it to the Super Bowl? Like if you can get a one play out of those guys, yeah. I don't know, because I would say that like their receivers aren't any good, and that scares me with the combo of Cam. But Cam went to a Super Bowl with Ted Ginn, so right. And so I forgot about this. I went back. I can't remember why. I think I went back to watch. The end of game punt. This is how awful of a human I am. The end of game punt in the Baltimore San Francisco Super Bowl a couple of years ago, and like it started at the beginning of it, and I for, it was going through like the player intros, and I forgot Randy Moss started a damn Super Bowl for the 49ers. Yep. Like a lot of bad receivers start a lot of Super Bowl games. Yep. 
Uh, I don't know. I, I'm I'm pumped for the NFC playoffs, and I'm just kind of coasting through like the past the next two weeks of the season. But uh, the next game we have an unwatchable slot fest: the Denver Broncos at the Washington Redskins. The Redskins are a three and a half point favorite. We're both taking the Redskins, but honestly, that's, I have no little to no thought into that one. I just don't trust the Broncos, and I don't want to talk about this game that much. Uh, this is probably – there's four games that I'm thinking about putting real-life money on, and this is one of them because I'm an awful human. I just think like two weeks ago we were talking about the Broncos potentially being worse than the Cleveland Browns. You know what I mean? Like, I, feel, I feel like the public perception on Denver has changed a bunch. Uh, I, I don't trust this t- – so – Denver's only a half point worse than the Washington Redskins, who, you know, after the first month of the season, people were still calling sleeper Super Bowl candidates. I really just do not understand this one at all, and um, I'm almost assured that I'm going to lose money on this thing. Yeah. Uh, next game, an actual fun game. Uh, what time is this game? Because I haven't looked at, I haven't looked at like the. Uh, this the is a morning game. Oh, this is a morning game. Really? All right. So the the uh, the Atlanta Falcons taking on the New Orleans Saints. The Saints are a five and a half point home favorite. We are both taking the Falcons to cover that five and a half point spread. I I mean I, I obviously you know we've been on the train for a while that the Saints are one of the best teams in the NFL, but. I don't know. Five and a half points feels like a lot for a banged up team, and like the Falcons. They haven't been consistent like whatsoever this season, but there's they still have enough talent. Like they could they can I mean they they can beat anybody. So like five and a half points for a banged up Saints team. I don't know. I'm I'm kinda tempted to we're not tempted, I'm I'm gonna take the Falcons for that one. Yeah, I think this is probably like a point too high just from a from a normal point spread perspective. And then when you look at who the Saints have on the defensive side of the ball, especially because of all, all these injuries. Um, I, I saw a pregame, someone was saying that, like, Al-Qaeda Muhammad, who's, like, a six-round pick who didn't play last year for Miami because he did – he, like, took a sponsorship from a car dealership or something like that. I can't remember. He signed with Drew Rosenhaus. Um, he was, like, lining up with the starters opposite of Cameron Jordan in pregame and stuff like that. And it's just like, man, that defensive line is just banged up. And it was really, like, a bright spot for New Orleans. Like – People don't know who the names of the guys who were starting for New Orleans, you know, in week five or whatever when they started getting hot were. And for good reason. Like Alex Okafor is probably going to sign a surprising free agency deal. Um, but really, it was like a bunch of no-names who stepped up to the plate, and then they all got hurt. So that kind of sucks. Uh, I'd like to officially announce that the Minnesota Vikings are now the best team in football after the New Orleans Saints have gotten banged up. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they might. They probably are, actually, because, I mean, they, they've – they blew everyone. They're, out. they're they're like a yeah they're like a half point better than every other team in it's the NFL. So, Congratulations. So, that's why the Falcons are just so stupid. Like they took it down to the wire versus the Vikings, and then they beat the Saints on Thursday night, and then they almost lose to the Bucks like a week later. Like I just don't understand this team. But they lost to the Dolphins. Yeah, they lost to the Dolphins. Uh, they lost to the Bills. Um, but yeah, we're <laughs> despite their tremendous inconsistencies, and you could argue that. They probably should be like, you know, they should probably should have won this Dolphins and Bills game. We're going to take them. We're going to uh, we're going to bet on them for the holiday season. Atlanta plus 5.5 against the Saints. Next game is the Buffalo Bills at the New England Patriots. The Patriots are a 12-point home favorite. We are both on the Patriots. Uh, the Patriots are good and the Bills are bad. Uh, yep. Also, uh, Tom Brady cashed in that check last week in the most tremendous way possible. 
the best bet in sports, I still say, is Tom Brady on the road after a loss. You would get value on that line every single time, and he cashed that one in for us again. So, Yep. Uh, so, that's all the analysis that I need. So, okay, so well, let's let's talk about this. Gronkowski just basically set a record for or he sent a per, he set a personal record uh, for receiving yards in that that Pittsburgh game. Uh, if you're a major AFC team, uh, Kansas City, Jacksonville, or Pittsburgh, are you doing anything over the next three weeks? I guess four weeks, uh, other than trying to figure out who the hell is going to match up with Gronkowski? Because that <laughs> like the AFC literally goes through Gronkowski now. Like it's it's very obvious you could play man against. The Patriots, other than the horrible matchup of whoever you want against, you know, the polar bear of Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, I mean he's he's been unbelievable uh, this season, and I mean I'm just, I was just looking at like his uh, his yards per target value, and I haven't updated for this week, but just on the season he's converted sixty three uh, or sixty five point three percent of his catches for a thousand seventeen yards and seven touchdowns. Just when you look at like his catch percentage, it's higher than uh, let me see, it's higher than than Jimmy Graham, Jordan Nelson, Julio Jones. Uh, I mean, a lot of good players. It's higher than Antonio Brown, higher than D.D. Westbrook, who's been playing pretty well, higher than Devontae Adams. I mean, he's having just an unbelievable season. So he he's turned it on the last two weeks, and I think he went uh, he went. Seven targets for six catches for 113 yards against Sean Davis alone against the Steelers. So, he, I, I I don't. Yeah, that was a bad matchup. That was a fucking bad matchup. That was a very bad matchup for the Steelers. But I I don't I don't see anyone stopping Gronk. But I do really hope that we get a uh, a Patriots Jaguars matchup just because I think that that if if it's going to be any team that could potentially slow down that passing offense, it's going to be Jacksonville. I think. I think it's them in Baltimore. That's yeah. that would, bro. If Joe Flacco for a second time beat oh Tom Brady, God. or if Blake Bortles beat Tom Brady, and then we could just rev up the playoff playoff quarterback wins don't matter campaign for the anti Eli Manning Hall of Fame bandwagon. That you, nothing you mean, would you, make me happy. You, you can do that. I don't. I, we. Okay. It's uh, going to be <laughs> the signs. Going to the, the sign in front of the signs in front of churches and like. Eli Manning's middle school, Eli Manning's kids' middle school will say setting the edge. So yeah, us. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the next game is the uh, Cleveland Browns, the zero and fourteen Cleveland Browns uh, on the road against the Chicago Bears. The Bears are a six and a half point favorite, and we are doing what we've been doing. You bet the Browns in the first half and whoever they're playing in the second half. So that's what we're going to do again this week because the Browns are a surprisingly solid first half team, but then they always get blown out in the second half and hmm. Maybe that's a coaching problem, but uh, for some reason, <laughs> Hugh Jackson self-preservation world tour it's 2017 am- amazing. still rolls on. It's amazing. I mean, <laughs> he's one in twenty nine, and and look, I'm not completely sold that he's going to keep that job, but like the fact that it's even an enter- like they're even entertaining the discussion of him keeping that job is fairly incredible, dude. And it's like they're they really fucking hate Browns fans, man, because it came out. Okay, so like this is what's happened since then. So they hired John Dorsey. They asked John Dorsey if if he's going to keep Hugh Jackson, and he said ownership has already made that decision, which isn't a fucking ringing endorsement for anything. And then you know Browns fans are thinking, okay, maybe we replace him. It came out that like the Bengals might want him, so they might just keep him because the Bengals want him, and they're in you know in division. And then they were like, well, if they do fire Hugh Jackson, like Jeff Fisher is on the watch list to get that job. I'm like, oh, oh my god! Like maybe maybe ownership does matter. 
I don't know. It's kind of flipping. It, for it me. does. No, it's, it's, no, no it's, it's, <laughs> it's not flipping for you. You just you don't keep track of your takes. Like you keep saying you keep saying things that would make ownership matter, and then you come back on that 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 weird take that ownership doesn't matter at all. My thing is my okay. So here's the thing. My thing on ownership. It wasn't that ownership didn't matter. I worded that really fucking poorly. I'll admit that. You said they my have no was, influence. <laughs> <laughs> what I meant is they have. They, Okay, let me think very carefully about how I'm going to word this. I don't think there is any owner in professional football who has shown that he has the ability to make back-to-back hirings of either general managers or head coaches in a way where I think that he has an ability to identify talent at those spots. And that hiring head coaches and general managers is usually and mostly fucking random. Uh, I will say that when you say guys have quick triggers like Jimmy Haslam – uh, I think that does impact the optics of it, and it changes who is willing to come and look at those jobs potentially, right? Like, I don't think the Browns are going to get the hottest co- head coach in in uh, the coaching market, you know, whether he is or isn't a good head coaching candidate um, this offseason if they do fi- fire Hugh Jackson. But people kept saying that he has a quick trigger, and I understand that people were rooting for Sashi Brown. But when you like look through the guys that he's fired, like, did you guys really think that like Mike Pettin needed like more, more time as a head coach or something like that? Like, it seems like for the most part, it's not well, that he has a trigger. The, the it's he's hired that are horrible. I, and think, I think that's mostly random. And another problem with Jimmy Haslam is he keeps overlapping like just GMs and, and head coaching. Uh, that's fair. Yeah. So so you know like if you're gonna fire Sashi Brown, you got you got to fire Hugh Jackson too. Like it doesn't make sense to to keep if over- you want to. This is what I said. If you want to fire anyone who goes one and twenty nine, like that's I'm fine. fine. Like, but like everyone, it's open season. He's making he's he's making a mess of this as he usually does. But you know, I mean, they're gonna the Browns are gonna suck next year too, probably unless. Uh, I mean, are we are we fully committed uh, to they're, Rose? They're a reg- they're a regression candidate. The Don't Browns are the Browns are yeah. a regression candidate. Yeah, because they keep losing all these close games. So we're gonna be big into. Uh, Browns actually being good next year. I think oh, the regression dude. candidates last year were the Eagles, who we picked to win the NFC, and it's that's going to happen even with the backup quarterback at the end of the year. The Jaguars, who you told me were not going to be any good. The yeah. Chargers, who almost and now, and now I'm, I'm almost the Jaguars crusade now. <laughs> yeah, you are. I guess, I guess some, well. I guess some serious Jaguars propaganda when we get to the uh, when we get to the uh, that that 49ers game. Um. So I have a question. If you're Jacksonville and you're playing the Patriots, because so Eric Stoner, our father, Bo Jackson, uh, he texts me on a daily basis that the my girlfriend just showed up in the apartment. What's up? Hi. Say what's up. Say Addy, what's up. close that door. Come here. He said, close the door. You got to talk to him. What's this? Are you recording? Yeah, yes. Recording. Oh, my God. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Addy. Hi. Yeah, can you uh, close the door? Chew on so we can get this done. <laughs> I <closed> it. <laughs> oh, thank you for buying justice. Uh, whatever Mike piece that you bought him, that was much needed. Oh, you are so welcome. All right, uh, let's move on before I steal your girlfriend, Justice. Okay, well he walked away. So. Oh, he did. Oh. Where'd he go? Oh, here he is. Okay. All right. Love you. <laughs> <laughs> We're back. I got some water. Uh, so, <laughs> where did I leave off? All right, so Bo Jackson texts me on a daily basis about, you know, the Jaguars should be the favorites in the AFC. 
and it basically comes down like our taxes we basically have this revolving thing every single day where i'm like i don't know man like blake Bortles has to win three afc playoff games in a row and then he says we're gonna beat the patriots and i ask him who's gonna cover gronk and that's basically where the conversation ends every time so like if you're jacksonville you have all those weapons on the defensive side of the ball like legitimate weapons uh who are you covering gronkowski with is it jalen ramsey We'll figure it out as we go. We're, but the plan is to sack Tom. The, the plan is to sack Tom Brady twenty times until just he, hit him a bunch. Yeah, just hit him. A also, bunch. this is this is the other thing. Is someone in someone in in New England is the only person who believes you know in the TB twelve system. What? After after this like Jimmy Garoppolo trade, right? Oh, it's very clear that like the only person who doesn't think that like Tom Brady isn't selling like magic beans basically. Is yeah. in is in that organization right now. Well, that's a perfect time to move on. So, just to recap, we have the Browns. Wow, we got derailed there. Uh, Browns first half, Bears second half. Next game we have is the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, at the San Francisco 49ers. The Jaguars are a four and a half point road favorite, and we are both on the Jaguars. Now, let me spew some Jaguars propaganda at you for all these people who are. I, I don't think you're among them, but there are people who are legitimately like surprised that. I think they could win the Super Bowl this year. Now, not so. If you just, I just, I went back and I charted, or not charted, but I took defensive adjusted net per year per adjusted net, adjusted net yards per attempt value. So these are all the top defenses since 1982 to 2017. So let's start at number ten. You have the 2003 New England Patriots. They won the Super Bowl. Uh, number nine, you have the 1991 Philadelphia Eagles. They did not make the playoffs. The, number eight, the 1985 Chicago Bears, they won the Super Bowl. Number seven, the 1986 San Francisco 49ers, they lost in the divisional round. You have the uh, 2017 Jacksonville Jaguars which, coming in at number six, which have not obviously have not played a playoff game yet. Uh, the 1988 Minnesota Vikings lost in the divisional round. The 1986 Chicago Bears lost in the divisional rounds. And then the top three since 1982, the 2013 Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl. And the Jaguars are about... Mm, with two games left to go, they're about 150 yards off from them. Uh, you have the 2008 Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, who won the Super Bowl, and then the 2002 Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who won the Super Bowl. So uh, they're, they're in some pretty good company now right now. And if you just look at how the Jaguars' offense has been performing over the past you know, month or so, Blake Bortles has somehow turned into like Aaron Rodgers. I don't really understand how that's happening, but uh, he's been playing really well lately. Uh, I just think that this is a team that's really good, and I, I mean, I expect them to put the smack down on the 49ers, even though the Jimmy G hype train has been rolling a little bit. But yeah, this is a team that no one should be surprised. Like, if they walk into New England in January, or they walk into Pittsburgh, and they already did walk into Pittsburgh and beat them, uh, like, I, just, I think people are just kind of going, oh, lol, Jaguars. But this is a legit elite team in the league right now to me. So, hey. Uh, I'm rolling that Duval Duval to the Super Bowl train, and let's get Blake Bortles a Super Bowl MVP. But for this week against the 49ers, I I really like what Jacksonville or what San Francisco has done since they got Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they've won four out of their last five games, and Jimmy Garoppolo has won all three of his starts. But uh, yeah, with the talent advantage that Jacksonville has, I I think this might get a little bit ugly and. It's not like the 49ers have been able to block anybody, and here comes the best pass rush in football, uh, double with the best secondary in football. So, Godspeed, Jimmy G. I believe in you, but not this week. So, let's play a game called 
does Blake Bortles have a higher NEA than quarterback X? So Blake Bortles or Cam Newton? Uh, it's it's Bortles. Yep. Uh, Blake Bortles or Derek Carr, who at one point was the highest paid quarterback in the sport? Uh, I think over the past month, Bortles probably pushing ahead of him, right? No, the the season, the season. Oh, for this, I know, I know, but like, like with the past like three weeks, Bortles probably gotten ahead of him. Correct. Uh, Blake Bortles or Aaron Rodgers? Mm, are they tied? You got you got to make a decision. I'll go with Rodgers, but that three Bortles. Bortles. That, uh, that, I was to say that three interception game last week probably killed Rodgers. Yeah. Uh, Blake Bortles or alleged MVP candidate Russell Wilson? Oh, it's Bortles. Yeah. Because I remember how, like people he's putting up that. crazy numbers, crazy numbers. Yeah, and just for like the past, uh, I I had this up for like the past three weeks of. Uh, for he hasn't had like a passer rating under like a hundred. I'm sure it's astronomical. Yeah. Hold on. Let me look up. Uh, they Blake Bortles. I tweeted this out the other day, but Blake Bortles, he uh, he's had like for the past three weeks, he's had an unbelievable uh, stretch of play. If my Twitter would just stop being a baby and just load, um, Phil, uh, Drew Brees, who everyone said was washed because of his fantasy stats, is number one in the league in NEA and has only thrown like 40 passes fewer than Tom oh, Brady. Okay, I found it. I found it. Uh, so the past three games for Blake Bortles, he has <laughs> an adjusted net yards per attempt of 11.1, adjusted yards per attempt of 11.5, net yards per attempt 9.6, 71% completion percentage, uh, 10 yards per attempt, 14 yards per completion. Uh, he's been sacked two times on 93 dropbacks. He's thrown seven touchdowns and zero interceptions. So... I don't know. Like, he's, he's 2016 Matt Ryan now. Yeah, do, I don't. I don't know what hap, hap, what has gotten to him, but look, if he can continue, if he can keep this up, or at least not keep that up, because I mean that that's obviously going to fall down uh, somewhere. But if he can keep that up into the playoffs, like this is a legit Super Bowl team, and you're backed by an all-time great pass defense. And as I just spewed, of the top ten pass defenses since 1982, uh, one, two, three. Four, Four, five of them have won Super Bowl, and Jacksonville has a chance to, you know, be the sixth. So, all in on the Duval. Next game, the Seattle Seahawks at the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are a five-point home favorite, and we both on the Cowboys. I mean, the Seahawks, they're just unbelievably banged up. I mean, they're missing Richard Sherman, Cam Chancellor, Bobby Wagner probably shouldn't be playing. Uh, I think KJ Wright's hurt, too. It's it's ugly right now, and I I, I think Lizzie coming back, and I think I think people have drastically overplayed how how bad Dak Prescott has been this year. Uh, I just, he's had he's had like three legitimately bad games, and those games skew a bunch of stats. But if you look at like at a game by game basis, you're like he he messed up a couple times, but he was perfectly fine in the, the rest of the games. Right, he's 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 I think he's had another good season, uh, and. You know, once they go, once they go get some weapons around him, like I think year three, we're gonna see him, we're gonna see him explode again. But uh, we're both in the Cowboys this week. Zeke should just steamroll over this team, honestly. Uh, if he's been in shape, he said that he spent his entire suspension training at a hotel in Cabo San Lucas, which is uh, 
a bit questionable, but we'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see. We'll see how he not goes. Not a chance. Yeah. There's no chance. No <laughs> chance at all. Yeah. <laughs> There's no way. You can't trick me, bro. Like, no, no, no. How many times do you think Jerry used that excuse, bro? Like, no, I'm like, I'm doing something in Mexico. I'm looking at investments, Dad. No, yeah. there's no. Yeah, sure. He's not. Uh, he's like, I'm, I'm surprised we didn't get a punch out video like Dak Prescott got when he was on Spring Break or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like, there's, there's no way. You know, you don't go to Mexico to train, but like, there's a gym down the street for six weeks. You go to Mexico to train. Yeah, sure. Uh, but I mean, I, I just think that the health advantage favors Dallas so much that I'm just gonna roll with them. Uh, next game, the New York Giants at the Arizona Cardinals. I mean, the the Cardinals are a three and a half point home favorite. You are teasing this to New York Giants plus nine point five. I am just gonna take Giants at plus three point five. Uh, I don't know. The Cardinals stink. I'm not gonna. I'm you not gonna. Don't watch, watch this game. Yeah. This game. There's no point in watching this game. Neither of these. The only implication is uh, draft status. I guess you would say because the Giants are in contention for the third overall pick i think right now um also this is a way back super far back take that no one cares about other than me you said that the miami dolphins weren't gonna like you couldn't have a top four pick or three pick or something like that uh if you went three and 13 and the miami you thought the miami dolphins were gonna do that one they did not go three and 13 and two as it stands they right now they could have though they were they were that quality team <laughs> They were, they, sure, they beat the they beat the Falcons. I like, know, but like it's so funny. Good. Like looking at their point differential, like they're they're the Browns. They're awful. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're they're not a good team. Neither are the Broncos, and the Broncos are three and a half point underdogs right now. I don't understand the NFL uh, very much. Like it seems like wins are mostly random. But yeah, I don't know. I just want to bring that up because you had like you were like three and thirteen isn't like actually that bad, and I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, no, no. I was saying I wouldn't be surprised if they went three and thirteen. Just like looking at their roster, three and thirteen is, is atrocious. Three and thirteen is awful. I agreed, and I was like, "That's way too low." And I was like, "The win total was like eight and a half or something." I was like, "You should bet money on this." And then you were, you were like, "Takes don't matter that much." And I strongly did. <laughs> I, I should, I should have bet money on that on the under because I probably would have been right. I would have bet on the under, but I was like, the under was like four and a half is what I was trying to set it at. And you like did not want any part of it. And I was like, you don't believe your takes. This is a, this is illegal. Except for you just throw my takes on the timeline, like the time of memory. <laughs> time of memory shit. Like, this is like, you, you, you do this so bad, bro. Like, and then I try to go back and like try to find things. I don't know how to like use the Gchat like search thing. So yeah, I can't ever that's, that's, goddamn that, takes. That, that's your own fault. <laughs> you're just like, you just come in randomly and you're like, he thinks time Montgomery is better than Le'Veon Bell and doesn't think ownership <laughs> matters at all. And I'm like, God damn it, man. Figure out how Throw to, yeah, spot like that. you gotta, you gotta figure out how to wield the power of the Google chat for your own good. Um, where were we again? Uh, Pittsburgh, Houston. Houston oh. is a nine point home dog. Yeah. We're going to take Houston just cause Pittsburgh's an awful road team. And, yeah, the Texans stink, but no Antonio Brown. No Antonio Brown. Uh, yeah, this is probably another game you want to avoid watching, just because. I think this is—is is this Sunday night or no? Oh, this is or a is Sunday it, night game. Is it Sunday night or yeah. is there no Monday night game? No, the Monday night game is uh is Raiders uh, Eagles. How awful! No, wait, what the fuck? Steelers Texans, the twenty fifth. Do we have a doubleheader on Monday night? Do we? Oh, is there, is there a Christmas doubleheader? This is four thirty Eastern, on oh yeah, Monday. 
Okay, so this is Monday night. It's going to be Christmas. Watch does basketball. That make Gi- does that make Giants-Cardinals the Sunday night game? Well, there is no Sunday night game this week, I guess. Oh, okay. Oh, thank God. Okay, so we got two Saturday games, Indianapolis at Baltimore, and then Minnesota at Green Bay. Golly, those are two awful games. Uh, and then there's no Sunday night game. And then on Christmas, you can either watch... At, so at the same time that the that the Pittsburgh Steelers without Le'Veon Bell or, or I mean excuse me without Antonio Brown are taking on the Tom Savage led Houston Texans, you can either watch that game or you can watch LeBron take on the Warriors. Your choice. I just don't like how NBA players don't play defense. Yeah, I don't like how uh, <laughs> just about half these NFL teams don't play defense. So, um, so collectively the prime the uh. National games this week, right? Indianapolis, Baltimore, Minnesota, Green Bay, Pittsburgh, Houston, Oakland, Philadelphia. Uh, the Ravens, Vikings, Steelers, and Eagles are favored over the Colts, Packers, Texans, and Raiders by a combined 40 and a half points. None of these games have less than a nine point line. Uh, this is some bad football. Uh, this is the, so like, have we have had. In the past, like literally the past two months, has the NFL regular season just been fighting for the wild cards in the AFC and the sixth seed in the NFC? Is that the only purpose of the last eight weeks of football? Yes. That's that's ridiculous, but okay. That's so dumb. Um, all right, let's 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 wrap this up. The last game is the, the Oakland Raiders at the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, the Eagles are a nine-point favorite. We are on the Eagles. I just think, you know, obviously losing Wentz hurts, but the Raiders are not a good team. And uh, even without Wentz, the Raiders, the, the Eagles should be able to steamroll them. The, their defense is still playing well, even though they – well, no, their defense hasn't been playing that well because they did just give up a, a lot of points to the Giants and a lot of points to the, uh, the Rams week before that. But, you know – the Raiders aren't any good, and the Eagles' offense—they should be able to buzzsaw through that that Raiders defense, even with Nick Foles, because like that that Raiders defense—they're on they're about on par with what we saw from the Giants' defense last week. Yeah, the thing too, though, is like the Eagles have been on four road games the last five weeks, so they were at Dallas. So coming out of the bye, they had a bye week ten. Then they had at Dallas against Chicago, at Seattle, at Los Angeles, and at New York. That's not. Like, I understand how you can get gassed in that way. You know what I mean? And then at the end of the day, like, even with Nick Foles, he dropped 34 points on the Giants. I understand the Giants don't have a great defense. But 34 points usually gets you a W no matter what. And uh, it's not like the Oakland Raiders are scaring anyone on the defensive end. I think, who was it? Uh, Sean Smith? I think that's who it is. Sean Smith doubled the Raiders' interceptions last week by recording two. So, (laughs) like, this this is not a good defense at all, so. Um, I would, I would like. There are very few teams that I would be super confident in Nick Foles beating the crap out of, but the Oakland Raiders are absolutely one of them. Yep. Uh, all right. So let's run through these picks real quick because I mean we're on the same side for almost every single every single play this week. All right. So I'll do uh, the teases. I have Minnesota and the Giants. You have Baltimore, Minnesota, or Minnesota Vikings. We're split on Detroit-Cincinnati. I'm on Detroit. You're on Cincinnati. That's the only game we're split on this week, and it's an awful game that neither of us should watch. Uh, Then it's our Los Angeles Rams, Los Angeles Chargers, Kansas City Chiefs, Washington Redskins, Atlanta Falcons, New England Patriots, picking the Cleveland Browns in the first half and then fading them live in the second half. 
the Jacksonville ja- our Jacksonville Jaguars, our Dallas Cowboys, our New York Giants, our Houston Texans, and our Philadelphia Eagles. Yep, uh, that sounds good. So we'll do we'll do another episode uh, next week, and we'll get to those questions that we didn't get to this time because uh, I'm sure that this is going to be a riveting week of NFL action. Uh, <laughs> we'll get, we'll get Bo on next week and answer some questions. Yeah, playoff picks. Uh, all right, so let's con- conclude episode sixty three of Set the Edge. Have a Merry Christmas. Go Jaguars. Go Jimmy Guwap Hive. Rise the hell up. Don't disappoint five star reviews. Five star reviews. Don't disappoint your girlfriend uh, like I am inevitably about to do this holiday season. Uh, adios.